Hey, this is Diana, the Bard of Hudson. What the heck does that mean? A bard is just a storyteller. So here I am to share stories with you. What was it like growing up in the 60s and 70s? Did I really meet Bob Marley on an airplane? I hope you enjoy listening to my crazy life and that it inspires you to share your stories in some way. One great way to share your thoughts with me is through my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Diana the Bard. There you can see the photos and written materials that enrich my stories with visuals. Please check it out. And wherever you're listening, please rate and review and share the podcast. I'd love to hear what you think. At the end of the day, human connection is all we have. Enjoy. Hello and welcome back. Thank you for joining me again today. And this time I'm recording in the evening, actually. It's the first time I've ever done that. But these long winter nights seem to make for that kind of quiet, at least around my neighborhood. So I'm grateful for that. They're the usual cars or whatever that go by, but we don't have the school bus and the garbage truck and all of that stuff. So that's something. So... I'm going to continue with my story of my cross-country trip, and when I left you last time, we had just arrived at my dad's house for the first time that we were going to meet him since he and my mom split up when I was three and a half. And I don't remember, you know, what happened in that interim between three and a half and four and a half. I don't know how we how it was decided that we were never going to see him again. I do know that he spent a lot of time in Italy after that, even though we came back to the States. I think he was very sick. I think I might have talked about that before in the episode about him. But when we arrived at his house in Glendale, um, I what I remember, I don't describe him in my diaries, which is interesting, but he was very tan because he lived in LA. Um, He had very short buzz cut of blonde hair and he a a little bit round um, as I am now so you know I think I get my body structure from him Um, but he was very charming and funny and I remember he was smiling and laughing a lot and telling story after story after story. I think he was just thrilled to have us there but also really nervous you know. So he wanted to make sure that we had the best time ever. So of course, all of the good LA things were on the docket. And the day after we arrived, we went to Disneyland. And Disneyland in 1975 was definitely not the high-tech, fast-moving, wow thing that it is now. So I described a lot of it. It was a magical, magical thing to me, certainly. Um, But it's cute and adorable that we were thrilled then with what 14 and 15 year olds now would be like, oh my gosh, no, and think it was a total yawn fest. But we um, took a train through the Grand Canyon that was a Disney um, display thing with dinosaurs and all of that stuff from, you know, what they thought it would look like was good, would have looked like way back when. Then we went to the Country Bear Jamboree, where all of these, you know, mechanical bears sang songs and such. It was very sort of silly and hokey. Um, We went to the Mark, we took a ride on the Mark Twain Steam Ferry, 
and we saw what I wrote down as, quote, a tribe of hostile Indians, unquote, and then a tribe of not hostile Indians, unquote. <laughs> Yikes. Um, we saw Tom Sawyer's Island. There were a bunch of kids running around on that and playing. And then we watched the parade, of course, come through Disneyland in the middle of the day after we'd had lunch. We did get to go on a couple of wild rides, like the Mission to Mars, which was really wild. Um, but uh, there weren't the crazy roller coasters that there are now. And I remember loving It's a Small World, which, you know, now I don't think 15-year-olds would go in that ride at all. But I loved that whole display and all the children from different countries. And I loved that song for months. I sang it. I'm easily enchanted. What can I tell you? My favorite word is delighted. So <laughs> it was delightful for me. <clears throat> and then I said that we ended our journey by going shopping on Main Street. And what did I get? I got stationary with sealing wax. And I was super excited about that. <laughs> oh, dear. What a nerd. Um, and then in that, that evening, Dad took us to see a movie as if we hadn't had enough already. We went to see Logan's Run and Mom and Virginia went out because that's they took every opportunity to do that. The second day's activity was Universal Studios. I mean, Dad was really out to show us how amazing LA was and probably hoping we'd want to come back and stay. And in fact, later when my brother went to college at Stanford, he did stay there with my dad um, during holidays and during summer and such. So my dad get, got to live with him for a while. Um, <clears throat> so at Universal Studios, Studios, we were attacked by Jaws and that was terrifying, you know. And then I got to sit in the car for the screen test room where they film you and make it look like you're really in a movie and stuff. And that was very fun. We actually saw Burt Reynolds on, on the studio set. And, uh, that was, it was wonderful, you know, to feel like we went to Grauman's Chinese theater. We did all those things. Um, we were only there for four days in total. And then we turned around to start our trip home because, you know, it was another long drive all the way back. So our first stop, I think after LA was Las Vegas where we stayed at the Flamingo Capri Hotel. And my brother and I got to have KFC while mom and Virginia went to the casino and the show. Yeah, we didn't get to do any of that fun stuff. We did, I think, get to play one slot machine kind of on the sly. Then it says in my diary, we, quote unquote, got very angry and left Vegas because we, quote unquote, had lost all our money in this horrid place. <laughs> so I was sympathizing with them, but really it was them that lost all our money. My brother and I had nothing to do with it, obviously. In any case, we had a bad taste in our mouth from Las Vegas and vowed never go back there. And believe it or not, I don't think I've been back there since. I know it's a wild place and I guess it's on my list at some point, but we next saw Bryce Canyon, which was absolutely glorious. And then we hit Salt Lake City where we could visit my mom's dear old friend, Penelope from college days. And she showed us a wonderful time. She made us big dinners and, uh, invited over her other, um, 
her other dear friends uh, who are friends of my mom still to this day. And then we got to see Nana's house. Um, it was a community house at that point. It had been donated to the city, so it was part of the Mormon church. And we got to see the Mormon temple, which was quite a spectacular fantasy angel castle of a thing. But in my diary, I have a long diatribe about how I think that the Mormon religion was really a bunch of bunk and what a weird story it was in terms of Joseph Smith's discoveries and Brigham Young's leadership and all that. It seemed very fishy to me at the time. Um, and that was the trip where I signed the registry and, and two missionaries came to visit me in Palisades after that, which was a little exciting and weird and scary. But anyway, <clears throat> we went to the Great Salt Lake, but I wrote that I didn't swim because I had a lot of cuts. If you'll recall me being terribly um, spazzy and always having accidents. Mm. And the last stop on our trip that was really written about or that I thought about at all was the ranch. And we were so happy to land there so that we could have like real beds for a while, you know, after having been at dad's, we had real beds also, but we seem to want to do nothing but go fishing during this visit to the ranch. And so we kept trying to find the best fishing holes and we kept asking people, bartenders and, you know, store owners and all kinds of stuff, where's the best place to go fishing? And we tried all these different places, but we had, you know, regular lines with worms on them. And I think trout do not eat that, but who knows? We were not, probably not doing it right because it keeps saying, I kept saying, we got a few bites, but nothing. We got a few bites, but nothing. Until finally we went on this one place where we thought, oh, down there in the rushing Colorado, there's gonna be some fabulous fishing holes. So we climbed down into this ravine that was all scree, you know, it was like loose rock going all the way down the mountainside. And when we were going down, I guess it was fine. But I write in terrified terms of the ascent back up after we didn't catch any fish once again, and trying to scramble back up this very steep, very, terrifying mountainside and my quote actually was like I was shitting a brick <laughs> which was a, an expression that we did use back in the 70s but I remember being very very scared and crying and such on my way back up the mountain and my mom was too we finally had to throw her something she was the last one up we had to throw her something um, tied up you know clothing and stuff so we could pull her up but overall, I loved that trip to the ranch. My brother and I worked on the tree house and we just had a wonderful, wonderful time. We got to see some of our cousins from Denver and such. And then after the ranch, we hit the road for the long straight drive through Kansas and all of that. And sadly, we arrived home only to discover that our dog, who was a dachshund, had died 
she had run out into the road and been hit by a car. And the woman who was taking care of our house, who was a good friend of my mom's, she didn't want to tell us until we got back because she's like, there's no point. You won't be able to drive any faster than you are. But my mom claims that she had terrible premonitions and bad dreams in the last couple of days before we got home and that she knew something was wrong. And so we pretty much hoofed it home. We, we drove very quickly back and we didn't really do a lot of sightseeing. But that was our crazy trip cross country. And I have done, as an adult, I've done a number of them. My son went to school out in Boulder, Colorado, and we drove him out for his freshman year, and that was really a fun trip. And then I took a month-long trip in my Mini at one point and drove cross-country to visit my daughter who was living in L.A. So it was like a replay of this trip. So I love to drive. I love long cross-country drives. And I hope to do a lot of them in the years to come. Maybe I'll tell you all about them. Okay. Thanks so much for joining me. And I'll see you next time. Want to make some juicy passive income but don't know where to start? You need to check out Girls Trade 2. Girls Trade 2 is an online community of women learning to trade in the stock market so they can boost their savings and get off that dang hamster wheel of work, work, work. So if you want some help figuring out the stock market, check out a free web class at girlstrade2.com. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to connect, you can find me on Instagram at Diana the Bard or on Facebook at Diana Green. And check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Diana the Bard for photos and other fun additions. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you're listening. It makes a world of difference and helps others to find the show. I'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Bye.